Welcome to the Two Man Scramble presented by Man Cave Sports. I'm here with my partner, Alec Weeks. What's up, guys? Hope you're all having a good day. Be sure to check out our podcast on www.mcsports365.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at mcsports365. Today's Olympic preview is brought to you by Crystal Falls Golf Club, home of the Hill Country Classic, located in Leander, Texas. Be sure to visit their website at www.crystalfallsgolfclub.com for your tee time reservations. So we'll give you a little rundown on today's show. It will mainly mainly highlight the Olympics, which will lead us into Henrik Stinson's dominance recently. Also reflect on our last podcast picks in the Olympics, some good ones, some bad ones. Uh, we'll go to a way too soon 2020 medalist predictions. We'll also go into the future of golf in the Olympics and what this tournament meant to golf. All right, so uh, we'll start off with a little bit of the Olympic tournament. Uh, just going into a recap, last time golf was in the Olympics was 1904. A Canadian won it, so they were the defending champions heading to the medal stand. And George Leone won, and the format was a little bit different back then. Back then in 1904, it was uh, five straight days of 36-hole match play, so it was more of a tournament-style match play style, not so much of a field, everyone for themselves. That's, that's kind of interesting to me. I kind of wish it would almost be something like that today. But we had a pretty good outcome on the stroke play. Justin Rose was our uh, Olympian in 2016. We had Henrik Stinson get the silver, and our very own Matt Kuchar get the bronze. Uh, Alec, we saw a great tournament on uh, on Sunday when Justin Rose got up and down from a fairly a fairly thin lie and didn't really have a whole lot of green to work with there on the 18th. Uh, made it very interesting. So he did get up and down. Great for Justin Rose. What does that mean for him going forward? Yeah, you know, and what it mean, it's a lot for Rose. He seemed to be really excited about it, and I think it was good for everyone, really. It's a good tournament, come down to the 72nd hole, and not only the 72nd hole, but the 72nd green. And yeah. an up and down to win the tournament with a sold-out crowd on Sunday, I think that's real good for everybody, and I think that gives Rose a lot of confidence yeah. to finish up the, maybe as he gets a little bit older, this back half of his career. Yeah, and I really think my prediction from the Olympics is that Justin Rose will win a major in 2017. I think he's going to hold on to this for a while. There's not a lot of people ever who's won a gold medal in golf. He's the first to do it in over 100 years. So I think this gives him a huge boost of confidence. It's almost like his second major. And really all the medalists, you know, all the medalists down to Kuchar with the bronze seemed really thrilled that they got the medals and really prideful for the country that they could do that. Maybe not Henrik so much, you know, he was a little probably hot-headed coming right. from 18. He, he wanted to get that gold, too. He's he's really hot. Speaking of Henrik, look at his recent dominance, Alec. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, he's had a really great season this year. He started off really strong in a couple PGA tournaments, coming in third in the Arnold Palmer T- Invitational, second in the Shell Houston Open before the Masters happened, and had a little bit of a showing at the Masters, came in T25, nothing great. Had a good final round there to really boost himself up the leaderboard. But after that... You see him kind of struggle a little bit. He got cut twice and then on the European Tour found himself but withdrew from the U.S. Open after the first round. I forgot about that, Alec. We, we totally forgot about that. Here's a guy who won the British Open, played great in the PGA Championship, almost won a gold medal Olympics. I forgot about this whole withdrawal in the U.S. Open. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been playing so well lately. If you want to look at the results after the U.S. Open withdrawal, he came in a first in the BMW International Open in a European tournament event. 13th in the Scottish Open and another European tournament event following that. 
And then he followed that up with first at the British Open, came in seventh at the PGA Championship, and now seventh, second, excuse me, at the Olympics. And, you know, he's really made us forget about that withdrawal at the, at the U.S. Open. And with his recent form, you can't really argue anything but. Right. It's great to see Henrik play well. Um, he won the players a few years back, a while back, actually. He's, we looked at the FedEx Cup things over the last few years. He's actually always been right there, believe it or not, second, third, top ten. So he, he's always been, you know, that good of a player, but really showing it, his good playing recently. It seems like he's really been waiting to break through. You know, he's yeah, 40 years yes. old, and he's always won a couple tournaments here and there, but he never really busted through with those major victories, yeah. and nothing that dazzled his career. Nothing you look back on and say, oh, I remember Henrik Stinson. But, you know, as this point in his career, he's 40 years old, the time runs out, and he's starting to really turn it on. He's getting some good wins. I mean, I think second in the Olympics is something that people will look back on and be very proud of. I think he can be proud of that. People are going to remember that, I believe, especially the way the tournament came down. And he's really boosted himself all the way to the fourth-ranked player in the world. So he's doing good, and it's really good to see coming at the end of his career. Right, so as we said, Rose, I think this is going to help him uh, play very well in 2017. Henrik's, Henrik's been hot going into the next season. Uh, we didn't really talk Matt Kuchar. That final round on Sunday was really, really awesome as an American. Tied a Olympic record, 63. Yeah, it was just so great to watch. And you really didn't expect Matt to medal out of any of the Americans. He was kind of the least favorite going in. I mean, going into the Olympics, he didn't even know if it was a team event or an individual event. <laughs> right. So it seemed like his head wasn't even in it. And you almost caught that from a lot of the Americans. You seen like Ricky Fowler, Bubba Watson were just kind of going around, hanging out at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like they were real focused. It seemed like they really enjoyed their time at the Olympics. So. Yeah, and like Bubba said, yeah, the golf kind of got in the way of it. He was just so excited to go and see all the other athletes and watch all the other competitions. But, Alec, let's move on to our picks from the last podcast. We mentioned Henrik. We both said that he's a guaranteed medalist. We were right about that one. You mentioned Cabrera Bayo, who got a T5. We mentioned Sergio, T8. Bubba, T8. Joking around about Grillo, T8. There's one, two, three, four, five picks in the top ten that we got. And uh, we also mentioned all the Americans. You can almost throw Kuch in there as well. Not too bad, Alec, eh? Yeah, I mean, our picks did pretty well from the Olympics. Coming in a lot of top tens, a lot of guys, uh, maybe stretch guys that we picked did well. Except maybe for you, you picked Danny Lee as a stretch medalist. Oh, came come on. Bottom half of the field, or not bottom half, I guess there were 60 players in the field, 59 after one withdrew. I, so I did mess up on Johnny T27, Vegas. and then definitely Johnny Vegas with only 59 players in the field, he came in T50th. So it's maybe, all right. I mean, you know, it happens. Bad picks every here and then, but... You know, our, our what really what we did do is our predicted medal stand, and both of our predicted medal stands did decent. For me, I had Henrik, Sergio, and Bubba before the tournament started on my medal stand. All Those are 10. all top yeah. 10s, and one of them medaled, so yeah. that's pretty solid. Um, if you want to look I, hey, at your had, Olympic picks? I had one medalist. We both picked Henrik, Henrik, as I mentioned earlier. It was hard not to pick him with his recent form. Right, so I'm glad he did do good. I also had Martin Keimer there. I was really confident in him. But um, he, he still managed to get a top 15. Not bad. But my boy Danny Lee, or I should say our boy Danny Lee, tied for 27th. Never really saw him at the top of the leaderboard. But, um, you know, still glad to see glad to see all those players out there. And uh, it, was, it was a very good turnout for the Olympics this year. Uh, with that going said, 2020 is the next time that it will be around. Let's make some very way too early predictions. 
who were your three medalists in 2020 in Tokyo? Okay, so <laughs> I'm actually going to go a couple bold predictions here. My boy Hideki Matsuzama, really just because he's from Japan and the tournament's going to be in Tokyo, I think Hideki Matsuzama right now is 24 years old, so by the time the next Olympics come around, he'll be 28 in his home country of Japan, and he's a great ball striker. Maybe in the next four years, he can learn how to putt. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe he's on my watch for gold medalist, at least a medalist somewhere, and I think the field's going to strengthen up next year. I think you're going to see more Days, Speeds, McElroy, stuff like that. So Day is going to be in there from one of my other medalists. And then I have an amateur golfer or just turned professional golfer from Arizona State, another Spanish guy. My Spanish guys did well for me this tournament. So I'll pick another guy from Spain and pick John Rahm out there for a bronze medal. Very good pick, Alec, considering it's four years from now. I like a few of those young guys, Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau maybe. But I'll go for mine – uh, bronze to gold. <laughs> Let's go with my boy Charles Kim, sophomore Arkansas from our hometown Cedar Park, Texas, representing South Korea. Next Olympic Games are so far away, it's so unpredictable. Anything can really happen. Uh, but no, silver, I'm going to go Rafael Cabrera Bayo. You know, I was thinking about it. There's kind of a generation of Spaniards that have gone down. You have Miguel Angel Jimenez, who was the bright Spaniard. Shoot, even above him, Sevi Ballesteros go down from Ballesteros to Miguel Angel Jimenez. Ten years later, Sergio. Ten years later, another Spaniard. I'm going to go with my boy, Rafael Cabrera-Bello. That's why I think he can maybe be a elite player here in the next four or five years and will really have a chance to compete for a medal as he did this year. Now, as far as my gold medal goes for 2020, my guess is Jordan Spieth. Now, Will he even play? I don't know, but not a lot of players, at least a lot of the top players, went this year. Uh, golf hasn't been in the Olympics in over 110 years, so no one really knew how it was going to go. They're scared of the Zika virus or whatever. But in an interview with David Faraday, Justin Rose talked about what those players might be thinking as this year's Olympics went on. I think it's going to be a little harder to make that Tokyo team that maybe some of the guys who didn't go this time are regretting it and, you know, they'll all be uh, in, in the line next time. I hope they're regretting it. I can only hope. And I think, to be honest with you, for me, you know, all the guys who medal are going to come away from the Olympic Games go, wow, what an incredible experience. But for me, the really... The real messages come from Sergio and Ricky Fowler and guys like that who didn't really threaten the medals but had, a, had the time of their life. Yeah, so I just find it interesting how... Everyone who played in the golf Olympics this year at least seemed like they all were having fun. Like you just said, Ricky and Bubba had the time of their lives. They really enjoyed it. With that being said, I think the other players like Jordan Speed, Dustin Johnson, will definitely come out in 2020 in Tokyo. There was just a lot of dispute between the Zika virus and the first time of golf coming back in over 100 years. So... With that being said, I think people are going to want to play in the Olympics in 2020. Yeah, and with the Olympics being in Brazil this year and a lot of uncertainty surrounding it yeah. and Brazil being unequipped to handle the Olympics mm -hmm. and all the concerns with Zika and security and where were the athletes going to stay and all the turmoil that the Olympics brought to Brazil this year, I think also could have drove away some of a lot of the golfers, not just some of them, a lot of them, away from the Olympics this year. And in 2020, hopefully, before the Olympics start, we won't see that much turmoil going around in Tokyo. We'll see a more equipped country that can handle better handle the Olympics. And I think that might have 
be a great way to attract stronger golfers into the field. Right, which kind of moves us on to our next topic, which is the women's tournament. Uh, we had a lot of good quotes from some of the ladies, but we'll start off with our reflection on the Americans. So we had Lexi Thompson perform, got a T19, was three under, shot five under on the final day. But she didn't. She didn't really threaten. You know, she had a good final day. She was two over before that. She wasn't really around before shooting up the leaderboard to T19. So I was expecting her to make a make a bigger run than that. Yeah, but. I mean, she came in the bottom of the Americans. You look at the other Americans. We have Jarena Pillar came in T11 and. She did really good. She was T2 after day three, so she was right there. You see her coming in with a plus three on the final day. She was in the final grouping going in to the final day and just really had a bad round, fell off, and minus 10 came in for the bronze medal, and she was minus nine going into the final day. So if she could have put together a final round like any of the other two Americans did, she would have been right there threatening for a gold yeah and stacy lewis got the t4 gosh she was so close to getting that bronze too there's a put on i believe it was 16 or 15 that lit out and then our her put on 18 to force a playoff for the bronze was inches not even centimeters short of the cup she could you just really tell too after she missed it just bent over was almost crying to the point had her hands over her face it was very very close bronze for stacy lewis but unfortunately she lost it to Shane Shane Fing of China. Yeah, you see Stacy Lewis almost backdoor bronze medal as Matt Kuchar did earlier with a minus five. You know, there was a lot of low scores there on that final day, and she almost got herself up there with a few close putts. You look at the other medalists, the guy the girls, excuse me, that these Americans were chasing, and NB Park comes in for South Korea at minus sixteen in the gold medal, and that's really a crazy story. She hasn't been playing in professional golf tournaments for some two months she hasn't broken 70 because she's had a thumb injury and she got into the olympics and a lot of the korean media was kind of putting pressure on her to give up her spot to somebody that could actually Mm. compete and she kept her spot and came out there and she came out with a gold medal and that's really a great story yeah very interesting story nb park congrats to her (laughs) lydia ko the 19 year old phenomenon great player she's won I think 11 or 12 times over the last two years since she was 18. She's going to dominate the LPGA Tour. She got the silver medal. Good for her. And one behind her for the bronze medal was Shane Shane Fang from China. You know, seeing a Chinese player, a Chinese golfer come in on the medal stand, either on the men's or women's side, is really good for the game of golf, I think. You don't see a lot of Chinese golfers recently in the game. You've started to see a lot of Asian golfers, I believe. You see more Japanese, mm-hmm. South Korean. Korean. Yeah. Even I saw in the Olympics a couple of Malaysian. But there were very few Chinese players. And I was doing some research on it. And it's kind of because China is... Their government is not for the game of golf. They think it's a waste of their resource, resources, a waste of water, space, and stuff like that. And... They make it really hard to build golf courses and really hard to become members of golf clubs there. And so golf is not a growing sport in that country. So it might be good to see a country that has 1.3 billion people in it, uh, now a medalist, a bronze medalist, along with their country. It might be good to see that, and it might help grow the game of golf. Right, and a couple more stats, Alec, on golf in China. There was a WGC event in Shanghai. There still is every year. Uh, Recently... And since March 2015, there were 66 illegal courses that were shut down. So, like you said, Alec, there's a lot of more courses being shut down than built, no doubt. 
And the game still progresses. Maybe with a, a woman medal, that will help not only the country, but the surrounding areas and the whole entire world. The Olympics, I think, was a very good thing for the game of golf. Very good thing. And I'm definitely proud that it was here, and I can't wait for 2020 in Tokyo. Yeah, the Olympics were great for the game of golf, but I think it was also great for the players. And with that, we have a little bit of a quote from Lydia Ko, the silver medalist on the women's side, about what it kind of meant for her to win a gold, or excuse me, a silver medal versus winning a professional tournament. Normally in professional golf, when you come in second, you win a lot of money. Here at the Olympics, you win a silver medal. What's the difference? I think, uh, to be honest, this means so much more to me. Um, you know, since I'm nine, I've just dreamt and imagined myself to be here in Rio, you know, alongside the world's best, best athletes. And, you know, for me to have been here and competing in the Olympics and, and to be, you know, having the silver medal, uh, it's, it's a dream come true. And again, Alec, nothing but positive stuff to say from the players that competed this year. What were some other things you heard, example, from Henrik? Yeah, Henrik Stinson, you know, when the final round was going on, they were just talking about how he had previously stated that he enjoyed staying in Olympic Village, being around all the other Olympians and the other athletes, and just the little things like going in the weight room around the Olympic Village and seeing the other athletes and how they worked out and how they did their thing and how kind of how he needed to stay back and do his thing without lifting too much weight or seeing what they were doing. And I just think that it was cool how they – Really got the whole Olympic experience. I think they really enjoyed that. Right, and as I even mentioned earlier, Bubba was saying how golf got in the way while he was there. He was enjoying the Olympic experience so much that he almost didn't want to play. So, again, for people who have gone for the first time, like Bubba, like Ricky, they seem to enjoy it very, very much. And as I mentioned earlier, I think that's what's going to bring the best golfers out in 2020 as well. And it's good to see those golfers, as Justin Rose said earlier, the guys that weren't competing seem to enjoy themselves. And they're going out there, they're going to other Olympic events, they're going to watch Usain Bolt, they're going to cheer on Michael Phelps in the pool. And, you know, that's really what the Olympics is about. It's about cheering for your country, it's about having pride for your country and playing for them. And even as Justin Rose said, getting to meet Team Great Britain, Team GB for him in the Olympic Village and he could take a lot of stuff from those other sports, those other athletes from Team GB, and even apply something from that to his own game. So it's interesting to see how all the players took different experiences away from the Olympics and Olympic villages and stuff like that. And I think it's going to be a good tone that was set for the Olympics. Yes, and as far as the future Olympics of golf goes, the Olympic Committee meets in one year in Lima, Peru to see about the future of golf in the Olympics. It's already set to play in 2020 in Tokyo, no matter what, but they will be talking about if it would go beyond that. Yeah, and you know, hopefully you see how successful the Olympics were in 2016, and hopefully, obviously they're going to do the vote before 2020, but hopefully it'll be just as successful then, and I think as successful as it was, the sellout crowd on Sunday coming down to the final 72nd green, I think... You know, it was a good thing for the Olympics, yeah. and I think you'll see it for year to year to come in the Olympics. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Two weeks from now, we were sitting here talking about the Olympics at our podcast, and we didn't even know what to expect. Uh, overall, very good outcome. Don't you agree, Alec? Yeah, I agree. And with an outcome as, as good as I think the Olympics were, I think there's no question you have to put it in at least past the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, 2024, maybe 2028. I don't know how long they'll give it, but I think it needs to be past 2020 in Tokyo. That'd be great.
Thanks for listening to the Two Man Scramble, brought to you by Man Cave Sports. You can find us on Twitter at MCSports365 or online at www.mcsports365.com. Special shout out to Crystal Falls Golf Club for presenting this special Olympic recap.